0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Chats with My Daughter. My name is Ella and this is my mom.
1: Hi, I'm Kathy.
0: So, how has your week been so far? Well, honestly, my week's
1: been a little stressful because my other best friend, Sally the dog, (laughs) (laughs) who's with us today, um, hurt her knee and is a sad mess. Limping, can't can't put weight on it, and it just breaks my heart. And yes, I'm a veterinarian, but that is not my expertise. So I have to take her to a surgeon to get it fixed, and um, it's just breaking my heart and, and breaking her heart because yeah. every time I get up to like put on shoes or something, she's like, "Are we going for a walk?" And I'm like, "Girl, you're not going for a walk yeah. for months."
0: And speaking of Sally the dog, yes, she's actually in here right now. Yes. <laughs> so if you hear like panting or tail wagging, like, tail wagging or licking of the butt, oh,
1: please don't do that, Sally.
0: <laughs> then that's Sally, but we felt bad for her, so we just wanted her to be up here up here with us. We
1: invited her into our session. Yep. Um, how's your obsession going, Ella? <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's going really good. Um, Tell everyone what you're obsessed with. Yes. Heartstopper is literally like my number one obsession. Mm-hmm. I have the books. I'm re-watching it again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we got your Aunt Peggy involved watching Heartstopper. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: I'm like obsessed with Kit Connor. Kit Connor? Nick Nelson. A.K.A. Okay. Nick Nelson. Kit Connor. That's a cute name. Nicholas Nelson. I actually like the name
1: Kit Connor better.
0: His real name. They're both cute. Wait, they both like start with like the same like vowel sound. Ooh. What's that called? Alliteration. Why did I say onomatopoeia?
1: That is something. Onomatopoeia is when it sounds like what you say, like, (laughs)
0: plink. Yeah. But, like, Kit Connor, Nick Nelson. Yeah, you're
1: right. Alliteration. Cute. really cute. Um, Well, yeah, I enjoy Heartstopper also, but I'm seriously a little concerned about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a phase.
1: It's a phase. Okay. It's kind of, like, replaced your, um... Timothy Shalman? Not not just Timothy Chalamet, but Outer what? Banks. Outer Banks obsession. Yep.
0: Ha. Huh. But once, don't worry. Once season three comes About back. Outer Banks. I have my Outer Banks stickers on the wall you
1: too. You do have your Outer Banks stickers on the wall. Well, I wanted to start off by telling you something that's going on in the news right now that I wasn't sure if you were aware of. Of, but um, I thought as a woman it was another important thing for you to know
0: mm-hmm.
1: that more than 40% of baby formulas across the country are out of stock. Did, have you heard this? No. Yeah. And I just think it's um, something you should be aware of. It's, it's heartbreaking. I watched a little segment about it on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. And you know, so many babies need formula. And I think um, it's scary that we're so low as a country. Um, but I think I saw some really heartwarming things that made me like go, yay, woman power. Like other women pumping
0: mm-hmm. and
1: making breast milk to donate to mothers that don't breastfeed so that they have milk for their babies because you mm-hmm. can't just pour milk out of a bottle for or out of like a cow's milk yeah bottle for a little baby. Um, but it's just, it's it just kind of upset me because you know i i breastfed you and your brother for a a time but you both drank formula for at least six months Mm -hmm. and i can't imagine the panic of not being able to get your food Mm. you know so it's it's um it's one of those things
0: i just thought you should be aware of sad but it's also good that like people are helping it is
1: good that people are helping i just hope it it clears up soon. Also, I thought it was interesting. There's a Michigan connection in that, I didn't know this, but one of the big formula manufacturers is stationed in Michigan, and um, they had some sort of quality control issue and had to shut Uh, down for a while. So that's part of the problem. Whoops. Whoopsie. Yes. I also wanted to mention that um, (laughs) Naomi Judd, did you see this in the news, uh, took her life at age oh. 76 Wait, she,
0: was that the one that was like a singer?
1: Yes mm-hmm. Yes, and I think that is very tragic, obviously It's heartbreaking I, I, I feel like, wow, you, you are 76 years old And you're still dealing with yeah. your demons You know, that, that's heart-wrenching um, But it really leads us right into our topic
0: mm. Do you know what our topic
1: is? Yes What?
0: Mental health
1: Mental health May is Mental Health Awareness Month.
0: Yeah. Right
1: on top of uh, Asian Heritage Month.
0: <laughs> Woo. <laughs>
1: um, and a, a lot of stars have been talking about mental health in the news. Mm-hmm. Um Camilla Cabello
0: oh, has been talking my girl?
1: your girl. Uh, Simone Biles, the gymnast, you know, the, it's just a it's a big Topic. I think it's awesome that your generation is more open mm-hmm. about it. I mean, didn't don't you guys take the SEL like the social emotional learning in elementary school? No. <laughs> well, your brother did in elementary school. It's kind of like a oh that thing. It's kind of like a prelude to the peer
0: counseling. I guess yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's at least it's something you're talking about how you feel and what's, you know, what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad and what puts gas in your tank and, right?
0: Well, it was more of like they would show a video of, like, someone bullying, like, a kid, like, being like, you can't play on here. And then, like, we would pick an answer of what we would do.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's social-emotional learning because you have to realize that that person feels like an outsider and how can you help them, right? Yeah. Oh, Sally. Sally really (laughs) wants to be in this podcast. You're gonna hear. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Sniffing. Sniffing, sniffing. So, I was um, very curious. So, I watched two episodes of a Netflix show. It was. It's called The Mind Explained. Ooh, I
0: watched you watch those two episodes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which means you weren't really paying attention, but you, you knew that they were on. Yeah. Um, the first one I watched was called Teen Brains. Oh, my gosh. That thumping is Sally wagging her tail. So, even though her knee is hurt, she still is happy. Um... And <laughs> uh, I thought it was very interesting that teen brains are very into risk-taking and novelty-seeking.
0: That you know, that honestly makes a lot of sense. Yep.
1: It has to do with the development of your brain. <laughs> um, you know, you really don't have an adult brain until you're 25 years old, which we've talked about. But I it
0: was 22. Oh, that's five. when you can drink, right?
1: 21 is when 21. you can drink. But that, that's interesting that you say that because... One of the things that's talked about is because this science of when your brain is fully developed has been evolving, some of the laws like drinking mm-hmm. and voting and driving, they're all over the place yeah. for various countries. You know, um, some countries you can vote at age 16. Some make you wait to 25. Do you know what age we can vote here? Twenty? No,
0: 18. 18, 18. you're
1: right. Good job, girl.
0: I actually was learning about how like during the Vietnam War, uh-huh. And like men were sent in, they were like, "If we're old enough to fight in a war, and like you draft us, why aren't we old enough to vote?" Because they had with to be that. 18, mm-hmm. so then they lowered the voting
1: Age. to 18. I love that. I think that's so true. And some people have argued that then these same soldiers, these 18-year-old soldiers, can't have a beer. Yeah. You know, to relax them or whatever. But I mean, that's a whole other Thing. podcast. Um, <laughs> we've talked about this too, that the frontal lobe develops last and that's where your rational thought and reasoning is. And so when you're a teenager, your amygdala, which is like your emotional center, takes over. Mm. Um, and, and your dopamine. Hormones, right. Exactly, <laughs> hormones, dopamine, which is a chemical your brain releases, and serotonin, those are both kind of your pleasure chemicals,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, is stronger with teens. And so, one thing that is so interesting that this this little documentary thing on Netflix said is that um, it truly will never feel as good as it did when you were a teenager. Yeah. So, for, like, falling in love, that just, I'm so in love with him, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to be the same as you get older, or your first, you know, time falling off a bike is never going to be as exciting. I mean, just mm-hmm. those things, you know, the, the reason that teenagers get into, like, stealing, you know, or, yeah. because it's kind of, like, exciting or drinking or smoking or just uh, kind of being naughty is because you'll never have that much dopamine released as when you're mm-hmm. a teenager. I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, and also that when kids are around other kids, the rewards are even bigger in their yeah. brains. Yeah. Which I'm sure you can attest to, right? Mm-hmm. You do s- more stupid things when you're with your friends than when you're by yourself. Yeah. Right? Which kind of goes back to the pranking episode. I feel like
0: even when you're an adult...
1: <laughs> you do stupider things with... Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> when I get together with my friends, sometimes I'm... Crazy. Crazy. Or my sister.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> or because you. Because it's like you kind of like
1: feed off each other. Yeah, and,
0: like, bond on a level that's, like, a little bit naughty. Uh Uh-huh. For some reason. No,
1: I, I 100% agree with you. That's, um, that's 100%
0: true. I And it's, like, so weird because you're, like, always told, like, not to be peer pressured, but sometimes it's not even peer pressure. It's just, like, you just want to do it, like,
1: no one's, no
0: one's forcing you to be, like, hey, be crazy. You just be crazy. Get
1: amped up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% relate to what you're saying Um, You just me crazy Also it's when you are a teen That your sense of awareness Is at it's highest And you feel constantly watched And judged Mm. So that's why sometimes you go along with Things you might not want to go along with Because you don't want to be judged for not Or why you may want To really seek out your individuality But you don't Because you're scared to be different from the crowd Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, all this mixed together, is why teens are very vulnerable to mental disorders. Anxiety, depression, anorexia. Mm-hmm.
0: Wait, know. what's anorexia?
1: Anorexia is an eating disorder. Oh, yeah. Were were you the one There's who was like, calling it an ED or yeah. an ED? ED. Is that like the new slang? People call it an ED? Eating disorder. That, yeah. I mean... I get it, but it's like, are there
0: like lots of types? I feel
1: like of eating disorders. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so anorexia, I think, literally means not eating. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't eat. I mean, usually they eat very little. But sure, I, I've known people with eating disorders where like they obsessively count calories yeah. and try to stay below a certain amount of calories, where it, to the point where it gets crazy. You know, mm-hmm. like I can have this power bar and this apple. You know, and you're like, okay. I mean, you're not not eating, but that can't be good. Yeah. Um, there's disorders where you throw up. Yeah. Um, you know, there's binging where you eat a ton, and then there's, like, purging where you barf it out, and yeah, so there's definitely... <laughs> a lot. Or or you don't want to eat in front of people, or, you know, so, yeah. There's a lot. Um, the teen brain is very adaptive. Um... Mm-hmm. And the risk-taking which we already talked about the good part about being adaptive and risk-taking is that it pushes teens to make changes and accept changes Mm
0: -hmm. much
1: better than adults which is why your generation and and you and your friends are much more likely to be like yeah it's okay to talk about mental health sure it's okay to be gay absolutely it's fine to dress in girl clothes if you're a boy you know mm-hmm. you are more adaptive yeah and the older you get the harder it is to wrap your mind around change mm-hmm. so there's good with this too right even though your teen brain is vulnerable there's good there's a there's a lot of good social activism that can happen mm-hmm. when you're young you were part of some social activism remember mm-hmm. what were you part of that's mm-hmm.
0: cool like there's a walkout. Uh-huh. For cuz like the school was like saying that you couldn't say gay. Mhm. So then there's like a walkout and like everyone walked out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a peaceful protest. But right? it was
0: like it was I thought like it was going to be, It was like more funny cuz we were like following the principal <laughs> Well, I, like I that thought one it was going
1: um yeah, so I thought that was a good lesson in peaceful protest, which is what this country's built on, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't the Boston Tea Party? a peaceful protest against taxes. Yeah. Yeah, you were peacefully protesting against Florida's new law of don't talk about gay in the classroom, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know? And and so um, the fact that you guys even know that that's happening and stuff I think is admirable Mm -hmm. and that you're fighting against it. That's great. That's great. So the second Netflix... um, What's that show called? (laughs) I already forgot because I'm old. The Mind Explained episode that I watched was about anxiety. Mm -hmm. And this one hit home for me personally because I have dealt with anxiety off and on my entire adult life. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, anxiety is the most common mental illness. About 30% of adults have anxiety. And that's when you're amygdala. You know, you're amygdala that we already talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, recognizes a threat and releases adrenaline. So like you increase breathing, your heart rate increases, your pupils dilate, all that kind of stuff, which obviously if you are in the woods worried that a bear is going to get you is good, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be ready to run. If you're at home thinking about your bills that are due, it kind of sucks that that's how your body reacts. (laughs) Um... But it can build into a crisis. It can even build to a panic attack. Mm-hmm. I have had a panic attack. Um, not that long ago, maybe a couple years ago, I think it was, I woke up in the middle of the night having a panic panic attack. And um, it, I couldn't like, pinpoint what was making me panic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I woke up in the middle of the night like, oh, I forgot to take out the trash. It was uh-huh. just I woke up and I was like, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm dying and I woke up your dad and I said I I don't know I feel like I'm dying and uh, he he calmed me down but the the problem was then it made me afraid to fall asleep for a Mm. few weeks and I had insomnia so sometimes these mental issues can build on each other Um, and they all sort of go hand in hand Um, social anxiety is a big one too Mm-hmm. Right? It's the the fear of being watched and judged. So I think mm-hmm. that's very common for young people. Very common for older people, too. I get yeah. some social anxiety sometimes of like, oh, I don't really want to go. I don't fit in with that group. I don't really want to go
0: mingle with <laughs> sometimes them. Sometimes you don't have social anxiety at all. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes
1: I don't have social anxiety at all. Um, and then the panic disorder, like we talked about losing control, or the mm-hmm. fear of losing control, um... Fear of uncertainty can be kind of evolve into OCD,
0: mm-hmm. and um, I think you have a few OCD tendencies. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, mine's not like uncertain, but mine's like or like organization.
1: <laughs> right, but do you see why that is related to fear of uncertainty? Mm-hmm. You like things orderly.
0: And it makes me like go so crazy, and like if I'm like eating goldfish or something after you like two on one side and two on the other. (laughs) Oh,
1: I didn't know it was that
0: Uh, in depth. Okay. And, like, if I, like, put something in my mouth, I go, like, left side of my mouth, and then I put another one and I go right, so I have, like, chew from side to side. Oh. And, like, if I eat one, I feel like I have to eat two because, one, like, I hate odd numbers. Uh Uh-huh. So if I, like, plop a chip in my mouth, even though, I mean, I'm sure, like, it's not, like, the thing where it's, like, oh, my God, that's so good, I have to eat another. It's just, like... It makes me feel, like, so weird if I just eat one and don't eat another because it's an odd number. You
1: know what's interesting about that? That it just sort of dawned on me that this might be a little bit of an OCD thing for Mm -hmm. me. I feel the same way when I'm buying stuff. I don't like (laughs) to buy one thing. Yeah. So if I go into a store and I'm like, I don't just want to buy this one pair of socks. I'm either going to buy nothing or find something else to buy.
0: Yeah. And same
1: when I'm ordering online. If I'm like, I really want this sweater, but I better find something else to buy too. I don't know what that is. I wonder if that's a little bit of an OCD thing. And like thing. even
0: three, like if I realize that I pop like three chips in my mouth, I'm like, I have to eat another one.
1: Wow. But you, I've also noticed that you're very, you get stressed. And I get a little this way, but you more than I, if there are like crumbs on the floor or the table looks messy.
0: Yeah, I like parties. The second everyone leaves, I start vacuuming. You
1: too. Sometimes when people are still there, you'll get out the vacuum.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. Cleaning up.
1: Um, which actually, in some ways, is probably a good thing, right? Yeah. You're going to be an easy person to live with.
0: But I don't like parties at all. Like, big parties. I mean, like, small parties, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, big parties at all, I just, like, don't like it. Like, the noise and, like, the people makes me feel, like, crowded. Uh-huh. And, like the OCD, because, like, everyone gets things messy and, like, Mm -hmm. touches your stuff and moves it. Yeah. And so, like, don't like it at all.
1: You don't like it at all. Mm -hmm. How about big parties at other people's houses?
0: (laughs) That you like? Yeah, because, like, I don't know, it's, like, weird, like, because if I, like, eat something, Mm -hmm. and, like, and then, like, all of a sudden the silverware isn't, like, in a line anymore and it's just, like, on my plate, I don't really, like, care that much since it's at someone else's house. Huh! But if it's at mine, like... I get, I'm like, no, don't touch that.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: interesting. I don't know why. It sounds kind of rude, though, because I'm like, I don't care if I mess up your house.
1: But you do, I don't think it's that black and white that you don't care, but I see what you're saying. Do you remember when I read that book that you were supposed to read with me? I think it was called Anxiety. Mm -hmm. We might have even talked about it on the podcast Mm -hmm. about the girl who got OCD, and it was like the extreme version of OCD. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh no, I wasn't supposed to read it. It's just that I was reading it, and I was like, "Mom, you might might like this. I can't get into it."
1: Oh, okay. And I did get into it. It was fascinating, and I guess that's called obsessed. Obsessed. That's what you're right. That's what it's called. And it was um, it was very fascinating because, first of all, I didn't realize it is very common when you come into puberty Mm -hmm. to become OCD, and secondly, that her OCD was not just like counting goldfish. And cleaning hers was also like voices in her head told her she could only wear this one sweater Mm -hmm. in her closet
0: and like I didn't read that much but I remember like at the beginning she had a dream that she had like cancer yes and so she kept on like telling everyone I have cancer like I have like her dream was so real that like she felt like she had cancer
1: was it that she had cancer that her mom had cancer no it was her it was in her
0: dream like she like touched her hair and then, like, a big wad came out, and then, like, there was an IV pumping into her, like, blood. Oh. And so she would wake up every morning, and she would, like, just, like, be crying, like, telling her mom, like, I have cancer. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she would, like, go to the doctor, and they would check her, and then she wouldn't. And she was, like, so obsessive about it. And it's a true story.
1: I know. It's it's a memoir, yeah. So it's, it's good to talk about these mm-hmm. things because I don't think she recognized what was going on in her yeah. mind, you know? And... and maybe these kind of things are happening with other people. Another uh, type of anxiety is catastrophic fears. I think this is another one that you (laughs) kind of get into where you're afraid that something major is going to happen to kill you or hurt you or kill or hurt your family, like a thunderstorm or, Mm -hmm. you know... Or the boat. The boat, yeah. You're pretty nervous about the boat because... Or bugs.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The bug thing is a little weird. I don't know why. Just like,
0: I know I was there was some skewed on my wall, and like at night. So I got my flip flop and I I swear I stood there for 20 minutes. Like it was like 10 p.m. at night, and then it was like 10:20, and rate right, like as I finally with the courage to smack it, I like inch closer, and then like it flew away, and I jumped under my covers. <laughs> like it was so scary. I was like standing there for 20 minutes, just like, okay, I'm gonna do it now. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> You were
1: too scared to even yeah. kill it? Were, were you experiencing all the symptoms we talked about, like increased heart rate and yeah. breathing? Yeah. Oh <laughs> when, I,
0: when I, like, jumped onto my bed and, like, one another covers, my heart was racing, and, like, I covered my whole body because I was scared that it was going to get mad and bite me or sting me.
1: Was it a mosquito? Yeah. You don't
0: have to be that. I hate mosquitoes I know, because I when I wake up, all of a sudden, I have, like, so many bug bites. Oh, and I know. It's because of mosquitoes in my room.
1: You're right. They're And they're you awful. guys
0: leave the door open. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So bugs come
1: in. Um, children with anxiety often come from parents with anxiety. So I apologize if I passed on some of my anxiety uh-huh. to you. It's more common in females. And so that's us. Um, uh-huh. Oh, we that a yawn? That <laughs> yeah. Turned, like a burp? Um, sometimes it's from traumatic experiences like the thunderstorm on the boat. Sometimes it's because you don't have enough serotonin, which is again, one of those feel-good chemicals. Um, and, I know you love this one, but they did say in this documentary, social media causes anxiety and depression. Mm. Increased screen time, more likely to be anxious.
0: But, what about all this stuff that we've been watching that's helped us feel less like alone? I, I like, don't... The whole plot of Dear Evan Hansen, I, he posts to tell everyone they're not alone, and it helps them. You're right. You're right. That's a a very good point. Social media can be a really good benefit. I
1: I don't disagree with you, but I think whether you're a child or an adult, social media leads to a lot of comparing. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, she has a lot of friends. Why don't I have a lot of friends? Wow, her kitchen is clean and gorgeous and glamorous. Why isn't my kitchen clean and gorgeous and glamorous? Wow, her kids both got into... Yale and Harvard, why didn't my kids get into Yale? and You know, oh. that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I do, I th- and I think that causes anxiety in people and depression. Not everybody, of course not everybody, but there's a lot of comparison going mm-hmm. on there, and comparison is a killer. Yeah, It really, 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 really is. Um, so the last couple things I wanted to mention was alcohol can make anxiety worse. Mm. Um. THC, which is a chemical in marijuana, can cause anxiety worse. However, CBD, which is another chemical in marijuana, can cause anxiety to decrease. So that's an interesting thing because some people will say smoke a joint. <laughs> Does alcohol
0: that. decrease anxiety? No, it increases anxiety. Exactly. It can. It can.
1: <laughs> oh, you're saying I should not have some wine? Um, and... I also watched this very interesting segment on the Today Show that said menopause. Do you know what menopause is?
0: hmm What? No. Oh.
1: <laughs> you just said mm-hmm. <laughs> menopause is when you're getting older. Like, often, I'm 45, so somewhere between, I'd say, 45 and 55, when you start producing less and less hormone, and you stop being able to have a baby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um... And because you're experiencing this decrease in hormones, a lot of those symptoms can mimic anxiety. And so, like not being able to sleep or your heart and mind racing and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times older women get prescribed antidepressants when this Today Show segment was saying they really need hormone replacement. And I thought that was very, very interesting.
0: Especially How do you replace your hormone? You take a pill, and it yeah. replaces it with happiness. You
1: so like <laughs> so like you know the female hormone of estrogen. You would take a estrogen pill, and so it would decrease your estrogen. No, 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 no. You would take a pill that's made of estrogen so that your estrogen levels would stay up instead of decrease, like they decrease when you're in menopause, but this would make your estrogen levels stay higher. And so you wouldn't have these things that mimic the symptoms of anxiety. I thought that was interesting because people are so quickly prescribed anti-anxiety medication. You know, I'm on anti-anxiety medication. Yeah. I am on Zoloft I first went on Zoloft after I had your brother. I felt like I had postpartum depression. I just felt anxious all the time. And I know people think depression is sadness. Yeah. Um, but for me it was more anxiety. Just this like I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I This is so much work. What This is the rest of my life now. You know like
0: yeah. just constantly. Like trapped.
1: Yeah. And your brain just on overdrive. Um, and so I went on Zoloft and it made me feel a lot better. And I've been on and off of it. Mm-hmm. So he's 10 for 10 years it, it seems like i'll go off of it for a year or two and then something will trigger me to feel anxiety mm-hmm. and i don't like that feeling so i'll go back on my zoloft and feel better um the first time i ever had like severe anxiety and depression was when i went off to college
0: because you missed your parents
1: i, I missed my parents And they were stressful. and i missed my dog and i missed my horse. I had a horse at that time. And I missed my life. I, you know, I went to this college that was kind of in a farm, farming area of Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, one of the first times my sister came to visit, we were like, let's go to the mall, you know, have like a shopping day. And so we asked someone, where's the mall? And they said, there's no mall around here. We have Kmart and Walmart. And we were just like, oh. And then I just felt like, again, what did I get myself into? Is this going to be the next four years, and my brain would not show, shut off. And so you
0: came home, right?
1: I ended up coming home, Yeah.
0: Didn't you go back then?
1: I didn't go back to that school. I, I came home and went to college close to home. Uh, and then I went away to college for vet school, which at that point I was ready. Yeah. I think when I was 18, I was not ready. I think when I was 18, however, I felt embarrassed, watched judged all the things we were just talking Mm -hmm. about and I felt ashamed like people are gonna think I flunked out of school or people are gonna think I couldn't hack it away from my mommy um now I don't care you know looking back no one ever laughs at me and says oh you went away for a semester and then came home and finished up at home they're just like oh that's interesting you know no no one cares is the bottom line you're you're the star of your own show but other people really aren't sitting around Caring that you went to school or came home from school or, yeah, you know, um, did homeschool as a kid or what? Nobody cares in the in the ultimate.
0: I know, cause like when you like do stuff, you think everyone cares, but no one does. because they're too. They're like the thing is, everyone's too involved in their own life, thinking that other people care. A hundred percent. So it's everyone caring about themselves. So like everyone is, basically everyone, is judging themselves instead of other people judging them
1: right and i think that is awesome that you say that at Mm -hmm. age 12 and i hope you remember that yeah because you lose track of it real easily
0: i know i feel like like i have like some anxiety and i feel like that's a lot of it because i always try to look at myself like the way that other people look at me and so it's like really hard because if i do something like weird then i'm like hard on myself or like if i like audition for something and, like, I try to, like, see it from, like, the way that they would see it. And I just feel like I did horrible. Aww.
1: But the thing is, you've got so much talent. Mm-hmm. And you really do have a confidence when you're on stage. And I, I wish you would dig into that. You know, I think, personally, that's why things like therapy can be so helpful. Because therapists can help you have those tools in your toolbox. Yeah. So that when you get upset or you get anxious... you you have a way of being nice to yourself.
0: You know Mm -hmm. what I mean?
1: It's, um, you don't always need therapy to talk about terrible things that happened in your life because that's not always something you need to talk about. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you need it to help you cope with life. Because so much is going on in life. We all need coping mechanisms. And we all need to be kinder to ourselves.
0: Yeah, but I also feel like you have to find a good therapist.
1: Yeah, you're <laughs> because, absolutely right. Mm. I um, I have done therapy a couple of times in my life and not always liked it. Yeah. I, I had a therapist on um. BetterHelp or something, I think, and and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, but it, it you know if you find a good one, it can be great. Can, I didn't like
0: the one online either. You tried it. I feel like therapist. online it's like a hard. Like, because, like, you don't actually see them. Yes. But, like, also, like, when I'm doing, like, therapy right now, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's mm, because she, like, listens to me, but she doesn't, like, sell me anything to do. Like, she's not really giving me tools. Yeah, you know, I think... um... So, like, sometimes it feels good for someone to listen, but, like, sometimes, you know, when you're just craving, like, advice Mm -hmm. and, like... Like, sometimes I'm craving a listening ear, and then sometimes I'm craving, like, someone to tell me what I can do.
1: Yeah, and I think that can be hard for the listener to know. Yeah. I think um, (laughs) this is going to be really sexist, but I think a lot of times men really (laughs) want to solve the problem when the woman just wants someone to listen sometimes. Like, if you're like, oh, I had this terrible day at work, and blah, 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 and then the man often will be like, well, then next time your boss says this to you, you say, and you're like,
0: oh, "But I, can't. I just wanted you to yeah. say, I'm
1: sorry, honey. Let me give you a hug. Yeah. You know? No. And so, you know, maybe we need to talk to the therapist and say, we want some more tools in the toolbox. Um, but
0: uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's so, like a big topic and it correlates into everything.
1: I know. I, I think that is so Right. And that is also why so many people say, if your mental health is off, your physical health is just terrible, right? Because you're not sleeping well, you're maybe not exercising, you're maybe not making healthy eating choices. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't make the best eating choices when I'm not getting good sleep, is what I've found.
0: Why? I don't know. Wait, like you eat junky? Yes. Hmm.
1: There is a science to it. I can't, I I think it's uh, gerlin or something is the hormone. That you make more of when you don't get enough sleep and it makes you hungry. Yeah. Something like that. Um, well, to wrap this up, I also did get on CDC.gov. <laughs> reputable website, right? Because it's .gov. Yeah. And I don't know why their study was from 2019 when it's 2022. But their 2019 study. Wait, was it
0: like a new study? Well, it was from 2019. Oh, I thought like it was like a 2022 study that they did in 2019.
1: No. Oh. No. Um, This was done in 2019. It said, one in three high school students experience persistent sadness or hopelessness. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of goes back to the be kind to everyone. You don't know what they're going through. Um, One in six youths, this is scary, reported making a suicide plan. (laughs) And I don't know how involved that is. I don't know if a suicide plan is like something one in six people have written down or told someone or if it just means have you ever thought about suicide and i I don't know what that means but i thought that was very alarming Mm -hmm. Um, it's more common in the lgbtq community and the black community for teenagers to feel isolated and depressed which makes sense right Mm -hmm. you really really need to feel connected so Mm -hmm. it's so important and I'm so proud of you for doing some of the things that you're doing. You know, uh, you are involved in dance, and you are involved. You just got accepted into the yearbook team for next mm-hmm. year, and the National Honor Society, and the, dance team. the dance team, and all these things help you feel connected and a sense of community
0: and finding a good friend group.
1: A hundred percent. But I think it's important to do those things in order to find your yeah. good friend group. Yeah. Yes. I. Yeah. 100%. Because if you feel isolated and alone, it's going to increase all the things we just talked about, about feeling hopeless and depressed and anxious. Yep. Yep. Well, good talk. I'm proud of you for opening up, Al. I'm
0: proud of you. Thank
1: you. I um, am just in awe of your generation for speaking so openly about mental health.
0: But I'm good at it, right?
1: Good at talking about mental health? Yes!
0: And then it's been two weeks, so <laughs> I think Snapchat would be <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs>
1: See, now you're hurting my mental it's
0: health. It's been two weeks. <laughs> you thought I couldn't say it for two weeks, so I, I know, not
1: But, um, I do need to do some more research, because I seriously, an article popped up about snapchat and how bad i'm
0: turn i'm gonna turn 13 it's no it's because they're listening to you saying how it's bad it is so they're trying to make uh, they're listening okay, listen. i'm being
1: judged and watched
0: <laughs> well, by my can, phone you can find us on do you know instagram <laughs> and, and facebook uh-huh. and you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen that's all
1: true girl um, Bye.
0: bye